0: What your pen do? Mind bleed timeless classics the way I manipulate syntax to reflect the exact sentiment intended. By all means, it ain't easy. Though it may seem to be. The way I reach the hearts of those scarred and dumped on the wayside and provide them with a reason to breathe another day. I said, it ain't easy. To write from a place so dark and still find the might to find light there and stand right there in the midst of it all and comes to grip with the fact that life ain't fair. And so again, what' your pen do? Mind, so seized, then harvest ideals that change thinking, breaking cycles with words. That's my urge in life. Not the fame of the mic, but to change a life with words. Heard in the most rural parts of the earth where guttural moans of hunger kindle fires of rage. That's the reason why I burn down stages and illuminate pages in order to bring us out of ages of darkness. So part in this. Scribe if it tend to thrive on and pinpoint The schemes intended to beam spotlights on occupations that keep you occupied on ball fields and stages. And this ink is sacred, so why would I waste it on superficial similes that elaborate metaphors when the very mindset of my people is rotten to the core? So I implore you to write for more, something more, more than a namesake, more than a fame, life and limelight, right for life's sake, for every thug that didn't graduate, for every young girl that was touched before she began to menstruate, for the sake of freedom, for all of our unsung heroes, for Lumima, Amadou and Mumia, the political prisoners, Nat Turner, Harry and them, brave men and women who would give their life or take a life to ensure that they lived and died free. But where will we be with their legacy? What will you leave behind? A bunch of shallow poems about how you spit sick with wicked wordplay and diamond cut script negro. Please, please us with a little more than you feed us because we don't believe you. By the pitch in your voice, we can hear you see through that phony facade that you pride yourself on. And the octaves in your cadence hints that you don't believe the shit you say. It's a bunch of perfunery. So please remind me one more time what your pen do. Minds you can find embedded in the minds of men. My penmanship reinvents the way we treat each other, see each other, and reveal... How we all bleed, the difference is, you bleed vanity and I bleed ink. You think I and I think we, so we're not the same. And my aim is to teach you, not to degrade your pen, but to give you the incentive to reach deeper within and retrieve your resolve to evolve your writing into something greater. After all, this ink is sacred.
1: Soul Sessions. You ain't my man with poetic
0: black. Ain't nothing holding me back but me. And who's holding you but you, but you check this out, man. Spoken soul sessions. Oh my god.
1: This is spoken soul sessions with poetic
0: black. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys. Bold stances and looted dances got us here.
1: You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poet.
0: We'll start from scratch, exploring new possibilities. Welcome, 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 welcome To another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions I'm your host, Poetic Black And today, ladies and gentlemen We have a very, very special guest In the studio today I mean, you guys know that I try to, I try my best to bring you great interviews with great spoken word artists. But today, family, spoken soul family. I have in the studio today a living legend. I mean, this brother is phenomenal. I'm talking about none other than the brother, Ed Mabry. He is the greatest poet in history of poetry slam. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't say this lightly. I don't say this lightly as be as myself being a slam poet. This brother is phenomenal. His track record is crazy. Four world championships. Four world championships six regional championships and over 500 wins an NAACP image award nominee been on tv one as well as abc fox hbo cnn he has performed in over 200 colleges a water in the hole graduate fellow Ed is a pushcart nominee and was commissioned to craft a speech encompassing the Freedom Award recipients for 2017 to 2019. Ladies and gentlemen, please let's give a warm spoken soul sessions welcome to my brother, your brother, Mr. Ed Mabry. (laughs) my brother my brother i'm so happy to have you in the studio today man i mean like really man i mean i I don't say this lightly my brother like your track record is incredible when i say (laughs) incredible man i mean incredible like people don't know how hard it is to win one regional to win one world championship my brother you won four i mean like like this is like this is definitely man like i follow your work brother you know and and like you are amazing man and 100. i i ask all my, my my uh my the people i interview when they come on the show i ask Ooh. them one question i ask them one question that i ask every guest the one question i want to ask you my brother why poetry why spoken word
2: um first thank you for having me here for everybody that watches uh oh God why poetry um it's an accident you know it's an accident I mean I know that that sounds corny but it's it's uh it's one of those things where I'm not gonna sit up here and say it was a ministry from day one because that's a lie. And I can't stand the people to do the whole, I was writing when I came out the womb. No, you wasn't, <laughs> you was a baby, you couldn't hold a pen. Um, you know, but uh, I started off, I mean, everybody, you know, you write the little notes to your girlfriend in school, at least back in my day, that was the thing. Uh, so, Rosa, Red, Violets, are Blue, I think you're cute, will you be with me? You know, yeah. stuff like that. Um, then I didn't think anything about poetry. When hip-hop came along, we all put poetry aside, because uh, at the time we were still young and dumb enough where the, the, People say, oh, well, poetry's for girls, which was a stupid thing, but we believed in that kind of, mm. uh, that was our small contribution to patriarchy and toxic masculinity back then. Mm. Um, you know, we had way I ended up getting into it was I was in love and had a great relationship until it wasn't. And then it wasn't, then it went bad. And it was that, you know, everybody, I think everybody has that one stupid relationship breakup where it's ugly. The cry is ugly. You know, everything's just <laughs> ugly. You know, I hate you call me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I was like, well, I can't afford therapy, so I'm just go to this open mic a block away from my little I wrote this, I hate you so much. When are you going to call me again? I never want to see you again. Will you please call me tomorrow? Kind of back and forth poem. Uh, and I went to the local open mic and read it. Mm-hmm. That was it. I was like, I'll go. I'll make a fool of myself in front of these people. They'll never see me again. So who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, if I can embarrass myself. I'm never coming back again. And I did. I went there for four weeks. The poem was so long. It took me four weeks to finish reading it. Mm. Um, I would just go into the post. The host would say, stop. I would just keep talking. I was like, that's enough for the night. I'm like, I'll right, be back next week. And I would mm. keep going. And uh, <laughs> I got a standing ovation on the fourth week. And it was not because the poem was dope. It was because I said, this is part four of four. I'm going to be done after this. And everybody's like, yes, thank God. it's gonna be done. <laughs> um, So I read it and it was like tears and snot and everything was bad. And, uh, afterwards some elders in the community, I had not grown up in an environment with, a uh, I I grew up in a black environment, hella black environment, but not a black environment of support system. Mm. So this is my first time being exposed to the concept of elders, the concept of brothers and sisters hugging and saying hello. That was foreign to me. Uh, even at the age I was, cause I wasn't like a teenager. I'm in like my twenties mm. by the time this happened, uh, like my mid to late twenties. Um, and some elders came up to me like, hey, we're glad you got that BS out your system. But we think there's something in you. You think you're special. Here's a book called The Black Poets Anthology. Uh, I want you to not read anything if it doesn't come from that book. Mm. And I looked at that lady. I was like, I don't know who you are. Like, I'm taking this book or whatever, get out of my face. And something she just stood there and said, brother, take the book. And I took it. And she said, don't read any poems of your own until you finish that book. And I was like, whatever. <laughs> you don't know me. Mm. And I took it everywhere I went. Like, I could not, every time I set it down and try to walk out the door, her face would pop up in my head. So I pick it up, and I take it away. on the bus stop, the bathroom, the shot. Like, it did not leave my side until I finished it. And then next thing you know, it was, you know, I, I felt the urge to go back. And I was like, I'm not going back to that place. I embarrassed myself. I'm not going. And the closer it got to that that Wednesday, uh, when the shows used to be at the time in Columbus, Ohio, next thing you know, Wednesday, I found myself sitting in there. Mm. Um, like, why am I here? I don't want to be around these people. And they welcomed me with open arms. You know, how are you doing? Good to see you. Glad you got that stuff out your system. My name's so-and-so. My name is so-and-so. And it was just this, it was like a family reunion. I'm a third generation only child. Mm. So, and I never knew my father or really my mother's side of the family very well, the little bit that there was. So the notion that people welcomed me like a family was very, uh, you don't know what you needed until it happened kind of thing. Um, so that's that's how it happened. And then it just kind of kept the open mic, was that open mic? And then open mic continued, they started doing poetry contests. Uh, we first heard of poetry slam, we thought the guy at our venue created it. Mm. So, right? Now you mean because somebody came into town like, yo, y'all should do poetry slams. So, like, now nah, you mean poetry contest. Like, nah, poetry slam. Like, man, that's corny. Whoever a slam, we do poetry contests up in here, and it gets five dollars. You know, first place gets ten, second gets five. Third place gets uh Either a coffee, a tea, or free admission to the next overnight. Mm. So we thought like we thought our boy had invented something. His name was Todd. It was like Todd invented that. They started discussing what it was. Like, nah, man, Todd made that. They're like, Niggas, This has been around for decades. Uh, Shut up. <laughs> um, and then we I went to out of town to an event and I saw a Slam and I was like, oh, this is a whole nother beast mm. what we're doing. Um, so I started traveling and, and competing in the slams and getting my butt kicked. Um, and traveling to open mics and getting embarrassed, you know, because poems weren't tight and um, things just kind of, you just kind of, you, you know, you don't realize you're in a workshop. Mm. You don't realize that you know it's in a the steel sharpens steel, iron sharpens iron thing. All you know is, you know, D did a poem last week that was hot. I'm not mad at D. I'm not gonna write a poem dissing D, but I'm gonna try to write a poem and get as much applause or love or oohs and ahs as D did last week. Mm. So, and then I do that then you go home and be like, well, nah, next week I'm going to write a poem better than what Ed did. And you keep doing that. Exactly. Because um, there was no YouTube, there was no Google. Mm. You talking, there was like net zero dial-up CDs you get at the grocery store, mm. the AOL joint. So there was no looking up to see how someone spit the spit. If I like what you did, I would come talk to you and you would give me your influences. Mm. You know, I read this book. Have you read this poetry book? Have you read this autobiography? Have you read this memoir? Um, I wrote it while listening to this album, this CD. And then so you go, oh, so who's that? Miles Davis. Word. Let me find him at the record store. You go home, put it on like, mm. OK, I think I got what they were saying. Or who's that? Yeah, I, I read James Baldwin. OK, you go find James Baldwin at the library. You read it. But like, OK, I think I know what's going on. And you sit down and write to go to the next week where now it's. If I like your work, I'll just find you on YouTube, listen to your work, and then end up writing like you, which means at best I'm only going to ever be a carbon copy of you because exactly. I don't have the influence of your influences. I'm, the only influence is your only source. Mm. Um, so that's the biggest thing that's changed. But, yeah, I got it just from a broken heart. Uh, I used to shout her out back in the day. Like, thank God to her for her career. Um, yeah, wow. It has been 20 years since then and 15 years I've been a creative professional with a focus on poetry. Wow! in terms man. of like clocking in and clocking out for myself but 99 percent of my income has been you know a poetry-based element
0: wow man that's it's amazing man and to see like me being a spoken word artist and a slam poet mm-hmm. seeing your accomplishments man it definitely gives me inspiration so it's like oh. like like what do you do like like we know that like your influences, you read different things and you, Mm -hmm. cause I I write like that also like Mm -hmm. things that I experience, things that I read. And I try to write from that element, like putting myself in that perspective and writing Mm -hmm. from that element. So a -hmm. lot of my writings come from that. So like, what's your process, man? Because like, it's so hard. I mean, it's so hard to win regionals, man. It's so hard to win world championships, and and how you do it multiple times is like amazing, man. Like, what's your process? Can you break? Can you break down your process to us? Like, what do you do when you write your pieces? Like, like what's your process? Break it down for us, bro. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's kind
2: of a you know do as I say not as I do thing, right? Because I'm not where I'm supposed to be, so. Anyone listening or watching the process should be you read twice as much as you write. Mm. Um, you digest. It's not like eating, where, you know, it's, it's like eating. Like you eat, you digest what your body needs, it keeps what it doesn't, it pushes through. Mm. Same thing, you read as much as you can. And then what your mind and spirit and the craft needs, it'll keep what it doesn't, it'll push through. Mm. Um, so don't worry about what's good or not, it'll push it through. Um, that your reading combined with your life experiences. Give you a bigger spectrum to write from. Um, If you just write about your living experiences, you have a little bit. Hmm. Uh, If you only write about what you've read, a hundred percent, what you read, you have a little bit. The two combined kind of give you an infinite resource. Definitely, you know, because if I say read this poem by uh, Patricia Smith today, and then write a poem based upon how you felt about it, and then do the same thing a year from now. Those will be two drastically different poems for Wow, you. definitely. So the source of the poem didn't change. Your comprehension of it changed. Your viewpoint changed, and all those life experiences between that time and a year later have adjusted who you are. It's not the same person reading the poem. Um, but in terms, if you're talking like to get ready for the competitions, um, that usually stems from just writing the work because I don't write for a slam but I will write something and then realize, okay, this would lend itself well to slam Mm. or I will challenge myself. I'll have an idea already. I want to do like, uh, uh, I had a piece where it involved me doing various dance moves and I thought, well, people aren't going to be expecting a 300 plus pound black man in (laughs) his forties to do ballet moves and modern moves and interpretive dance. And I just do them, but do them technically, uh, well, Mm. like proficient. Um, I said, okay, so that was the idea. I said, well, can I shrink that to fit it into a three-minute time frame for this poetry slam? Um, Because it's supposed to be a much bigger piece. Uh, So I did, that was called Tondu. And so I created that. That worked. Um, So the idea will oftentimes be there or I thought something to discuss. Um, I'll read work uh, to kind of expand my... Potential vocabulary, um, Talal Macy, uh, Cornelius Edie a mm-hmm. of people I'll uh, read in the kind of somebody that stretches you in mm-hmm. a direction you don't naturally go. You don't need anybody to help you go where you naturally go. Um, you need someone to stretch you in a different direction. Um, and then the music, of course, and you just write from there. It's a matter of whittling it down, figuring out like anything else you edit. But what's important, um, I really pride myself on my work working well on the page as well as on the stage. Mm. Uh, Majority of my pieces will look aesthetically pleasing and sound and have rules to follow in a book just as they will on stage. The trick is on stage, I don't have to worry about you seeing those rules. You just focus on the story, the content. Mm. On the page, I want you to be able to stop, go back, read, digest, read, digest. Um, Those are the biggest things. In terms of the wins, it's always a question people ask, like, how do you do it? That's that's a combination of preparation, luck and blessings. Mm. You know, again, it's just it's a ministry. Um, If I had to pick a thing, I would say, as you know, anytime you're on a stage in front of people, you're bearing part of yourself. Even if the poem is not about you, the fact you're the one on stage, you're bearing part of your soul. Mm. Uh, The more willing you are to be vulnerable and the more willing you are to be spiritually naked in front of people, the more they can connect to you. Wow. Uh, So I think if anything, I'm just more willing to I'm more willing to be spiritually speaking uh, or emotionally speaking, vulnerable and naked in front of a crowd. I'm willing to risk making a total fool of myself for you to get the point for you to for you to be in the shoes of whatever you need to be in in that poem, whether it's my shoes or someone else's uh, where ego and pride and other things can potentially get in the way and stop uh, some of us from. The, writing the poem the right way and then delivering it the right way. I'm more a matter of, I just decided at some point, I don't know when, but some, some years ago, I remember telling somebody about a slam. I had a, some judges all give me like eights, like 8.9s. Mm. And it wasn't that I was like, oh, I deserve better scores. I didn't care for how lukewarm they were about it. Like, y'all could have cared one way or the other about the score. You're like, ah, 8, a mm. eight, 5, eight, five, eight, five eight, eight, eight. That's like C pluses to me, like, okay, like you, you are. Right. I was like, no, you're either gonna hate me or love me. Like I need to be one or the other. I want you to uh Draymond Green just said it recently on a show I was watching. He's like that way, either way, either pin you have, I made you feel that. Um mm. uh, so people talk about how he acts on the court and how he acts in interviews, and he finally discussed on LeBron James and Sean HBO. It's like it's all on purpose. Like It's all very intentional. I watch what I'm saying because mm. I'm going to make you have an opinion. I'm going to make you feel something one way or the other. So no matter whether you go, oh, Draymond Green, I hate you. Oh, Draymond Green, I love you. Whichever one you chose, I made you do that. Mm. That's the thing is, I made you. So don't think like, oh, I can't stand him. He's like, no, if you can't stand me, I gave you a reason to not stand me. Mm-hmm. If you love me and what I do on the court, I gave you a reason for that. Same thing in Slam I was like, okay, you give me a zero or you can give me a 10. I'm not interested in sevens or eights. Cause mm. that just means you, you was like, you know, it was an okay poem delivered. Okay. Nah, it's going to be, yeah. Okay. He More lost his nine. mind. Zero. Exactly. Or wow. He lost his mind. 10, you know,
0: exactly. That's, that's it. That's it. That's profound, man. That's profound because that's deep. Like y- your process is deep, man. I never even thought about it like that. The, the analogy you use or the simile you use when you say you write a poem you read a piece and write a poem based on that piece. And then you do the same thing a year later. That is profound because it shows your growth. It shows like where you're at in your element. You dig? So it's like, wow, oh, yeah. man, that's, that's definitely a deep, a deep jewel. That's a, that's a wisdom oh, that we can take from that, you. man. I like that, man. So tell us, matter of that before, before we get into the next question, man, I need my audience to get a taste of who, who is the legend Ed Mabry? Like, who is this guy, man? Like, yo, Poetic Black is just is, is amping this dude up and da 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 Like, I want, I want you to give these people a taste of what it is you do, man. And um, let me set the stage for you first.
2: Let me set the <laughs> stage for you,
0: man. Coming to the stage, coming to the stage, I want to give a nice, warm welcome to my brother, your brother, Mr. Ed Mabry.
2: From the black shores to the black bag. From the cornrows to the do-rag. From the storm-born to the firstborn to the rumble and the jungles that burned. The sugar cane and the sweet hip of the machete the bull weevil and cotton to Kanye get a gap plan deal. Uncle Sam, Uncle Sam, to teach your kids Wu Tang. Crypt keepers asking who bang. Ancestors' heads in shame. Dip walk dripping lovely in gold. The baby can't breathe in videos. It appears that platinum mouth goes gold. From Wilshire to Watts, niggas get bold. Seems the game got sold. Dreams the king got mold. Pins and ceilings, I'll live forever. Sharpies mark the moment of your death. Don't own anything that even your next breath. We pause to bring you a moment for my sponsors. <laughs> uh um. Messing me up, my whole head. Teasing me. I mean tasing me. Arresting me. I mean saving me. Shooting me. I mean pacifying me. Live on TV. I mean fulfilling prophecy. Can't ain't able to withstand. Needs a cane to reach the table. We call that lava quicksand. If you black in America, better odds if you had shackles. But you traded those with sushis. But that's still just someone telling you to do it. Just do shit. Working just to work, so just do quit. Become part of the homeless. Then just do shit. They drive by drive-bys and say we don't do shit. But we the ones making waves. We see a haircuts that amaze. You can sell a slave ship on a Negro's dome, fresh from the barber. So welcome to the new enclave. Welcome to the newly made slaves, where we die every day online and we Instagram live flatlines. We zoom in on knee necks like hands in the pocket, shopping casualties. Casual ties bind us together because the cops is thick as thieves, like Megan and Nikki gaming niggas, thick ass thieves. But well, please don't break our window. Please don't break our store. Go tear up your own stuff, but that's what we came in your neighborhood for. See, our ancestors made what you shade city. In. Find it difficult to sit in a mask during a pandemic. Just imagine how hard it is to breathe or being black is considered an epidemic and a blue badge is the cure. Take 12 bullets in your sleep and no knock us in the morning. It's Sunday. and mama's morning but ran out of tears, two niggas triggered to go. Now she just they're wondering which one of her babies is next to go. Mothers in delivery rooms are pushing on the heads of their babies so their necks don't grow. Breastfeeding fish oil so black babies can grow gills to sneak around police chokeholds. And any song about black folks becoming breathing Becomes gospel Becomes horrorcore Becomes myth See we dream of Wakanda But we living with the Siths, slithering like slithering, With no pot to piss in every situation Is hairy I mean black folks Is leery I mean wary I mean weary I mean dreary I mean scared I mean scary I mean scurred I mean blurred I mean bleak I mean black I mean trap music I mean I'm trapped I mean museless I mean I'm mean I mean I'm mad I mean I'm Michael I mean I'm bad I mean I'm sorry I mean I'm sad I mean stifled I mean stiff I mean I'm hard I mean rigor mortis I mean, I'm dead. I mean, my God. I mean, I'm God. I mean, I'm good. I mean, I'm hood. I mean, I'm lost. I mean, these woods. All these trees. All these ropes. All these nooses. Hanging all that black hope. That's that piece.
0: Oh my god man oh one more time man one more time man you see you come in you, you're gonna come in here and you're gonna melt my mic man I pay a lot of money for my <laughs> I pay a lot of money for this equipment man and you're gonna come in here and melt it man it's not fair my brother oh my god <laughs>
2: that's
0: take us, take us through this piece, man. Take, like, okay. like what inspired this piece? man? it's so much to unpack with this piece, this piece, like every time you got on a, a subject and you just, ah, oh, man, your description just, it just broke. It just, it's crazy. I'm like, wow, man, it's the words you use, the alliteration, the, I mean, it's crazy, man. It's like, it's, it's hard to be like, yo, for a poet, for a person listening, like, yo, I, I can dig this, but for a writer and a poet to see what you're doing in this little bit of time is amazing, my brother. Take us oh, through you. this, man. Take us through this. What um, inspired this?
2: Uh, this particular piece, when I wrote, I had the idea kind of playing around in my head uh, from the first line, and then um, uh, I decided I don't do a lot of rhyming pieces because uh, there's cast that are way better in terms of bars and whatnot but I would had a discussion in a workshop about making sure that every line counts. Mm. So the challenge is you, every line you write must count. Every line you write must feed into the line next to you. And the line after it must be better than the line you said before. Um, and anything you find that doesn't match up, you have to take it out mm. and then see if the poem still makes sense, but you can't add, you only uh, subtract. Uh, yeah, but it's just a matter of of, of, of setting things up to where, again, so on the stage, it has an effect in terms of performing, it's going to be heard, but on a page, it'll have an effect in terms of forcing someone to read it. Maybe they'll get all the references, but they don't, they have to go look it up. Mm. Um, and that's what we have to not be afraid of as writers, especially as Black writers in this modern era of bars and hip-hop and spoken word and slam, et cetera, is don't be afraid to force your audience to think. Kendrick Lamar and a lot of other people have shown us that way, mm. right? Like the fact that a hip-hop artist got a Pulitzer, yeah. You know, it's just it's just crazy. So um people are willing to think and they're willing to go a little deeper. Doesn't mean that you give them stupid things to look at just to be clever, but it means to make a point. So uh from the black shores to the black bag, it's just you know, from the black shores, you have ivory shores the black shores uh to the black bag to death. Mm-hmm. From the cornrows to the do-rag, it's just discussing our travels, from the storm born to the firstborn, those born in the middle passage ships, who we don't realize like some babies were born during the course of the middle passage. Uh, to the firstborn to the rumble in the jungles that burn, um of course, that being Muhammad Ali in the jungles of burn, discussing in Vietnam. the sugar cane and the sweet hip of the machete um is just touching on how sugar cane was and nothing was moved, not just cotton
0: that's right so and from the sugar tobacco yep the, the
2: sugar cane too yep plain that uh, a lot of the cotton plantations said they didn't want any sugar plantation slaves because mm. the sugar plantation slaves came from islands and a part of of africa where they fought back a lot more they were known for fighting back and they mm. were good with the machete so they would say no no no, give us the ones from this area they're more complacent we don't want them they're known for riding on a regular basis wow. um so the sugar cane to the sweet hip of the machete the boll weevil and cotton um just cotton to kanye you know the idea the one kanye's a billionaire is a crazy concept and two in the midst of everything that was being discussed about it him Kardashian right. divorce, um, you know, his mental emotional stability, etc., it didn't stop him from getting a deal with Gap, mm. where he tells Gap what to do. Like he has his own line of clothing that goes in gap stores. He's gonna have his own Yeezy stores that are technically run by Gap, but he gets the money. Wow. So the idea we went from the bull weevil and cotton to Kanye getting a gap deal. Wow. It's just crazy. Indeed. When they're historically known. Not necessarily for being racist, but they could kill us if a black person ever walks in their doors and buys their merchandise. Yep. They went from that to going, Kanye, please design clothes for us. Mm. It's crazy. Uh, side note, he just won a, a lawsuit against uh, Walmart, a whole other thing. They tried to copy his uh, shoes and he sued them and got him to stop it. Wow. That's a yeah, whole other level to it. Yep. Uh, anyway, I'll skip some lines. So Crypt Ke- Keepers asking who bangs, just like the Grim Reaper saying who's really tough. Ancestors drop their heads yeah. in the shame. We dip walk, dripping lovely in gold. Meanwhile, the baby can't breathe in videos because he had the video about uh, not being able to breathe. So the idea of a black, young black millionaire with a mouthful of platinum and gold doing a video or being on Saturday night live talking about I can't breathe. Mm. So that it's it's a beautiful contradiction, but it's an interesting contradiction. Like you're doing just fine compared to a lot of people, mm. but we also need you and that particular kind of music that you do and the people that attracts we need you to deliver that political statement message because your audience about George Floyd, they listen because it's him making that statement, you mm-hmm. know. Um, Platinum off goes go from which out of Watson, niggas get bold, seems the game got sold, dreams the king, dreams the king and Martin the King, so dreams the king got mold. Uh So just saying his, his dream is becoming molded, or he's becoming old and out of place, it's spoiled. Pins and ceilings, I'll live forever. Uh, so penitentiary, pins and sellings because when he was in jail, I live forever. Sharpies marked the moment of death. You don't own anything, not even next breath. Uh, we take a pause and bring them on from our sponsors. The breathing from the old Q-tip uh, Tribe Called Quest yeah. song. <laughs> messing me up overhead, I mean teasing me. Um, so I just took the breathing element from that as far as us choking and then turned it into kind of a wordplay. Teasing me, I mean tasing me, arresting me, I mean saving me, shooting me, I mean pacifying me, live on TV, I mean fulfilling prophecy, Cain ain't able, you know, Cain and Mm able, Cain ain't able to withstand, needs a cane to reach the table. Uh, We call that lava quicksand. If you black in America, better odds if you had shackles. But we traded those for swooshes, Nike symbol, of course. So we traded the shackles we had around our ankles to the new version of systemic oppression, slavery of endorsement deals and things like that. You know, so like LeBron knows that Mountain Dew is horrible or Sprite is horrible for you. But he's still gonna drink Sprite in the commercial. It doesn't impact him and his children because they know better. Mm-hmm. But a thousand little black kids in the hood be drinking Sprite, and trying to play basketball. Exactly, full of high fructose corn syrup.
0: On not, that, not, on that note, I'm, you just seen what. Brown's uh,
2: even solely responsible for it, but just you know, yeah.
0: But yeah. your point to add on that point, you had uh, juvenile oh, juvenile. Ju- up. Okay. Are you good? Um, juvenile and um and Manny Fresh, yeah. just did a a song of that backed that mm-hmm. thing up. And telling everybody to get vaccinated, you know what I'm saying? So you, they take your
2: yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Vax that thing, yeah. yeah,
0: vax that thing up. So they take your your popularity, take your fame, and say, all right, we're gonna feed this to all the all the youth that follow you. So they, they that's what they need. Mm-hmm. They need individuals like that. So that, just to piggyback on what you were saying, that's crazy though, man. But continue, my Absolutely. brother, please, man.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. So just uh, you traded those for swooshes, but that's still just someone telling you just do it. Uh, mm. just do shit, working just to work, so just do quit. Then you become part of the homeless and then you just do more shit. Um, they being non-blacks, they drive by drive-bys, because I, I moved to Los I live in Los Angeles now. They drive by drive-bys and say we don't do shit. But we're the ones making waves. Uh Caesar haircuts because we create every every standard that comes across have been created by black people for the past few centuries. Uh, See the haircuts that amaze. You can sell a slave ship on a Negro's dome fresh from the barber. So welcome to the new enclave. Welcome to the newly made slaves where we die every day online. We Instagram live flat We zoom in on knee necks like hands in the pocket, shoving casualties. Wow. Uh, just that. Just the idea that, you know, every day you literally can go on Facebook and Instagram um, or, or uh, YouTube. And they're showing what's happened to some black person in the country and it's just become passé every day i expect to go to dl Hughley's instagram and i'm going to see something that happened to a black person in the past 24 hours mm. every day i'm going to see something that happens one of us somewhere and to the point that it becomes the norm it doesn't become oh that's messed up it becomes like okay well you know that's crazy they are still doing it yeah. you know desensitize um,
0: your eyes so you so you see it so much you like ah uh, it's just happening again
2: exactly so that's why the, the play on the word of uh, hands in the pocket, shoving casualties, shoving the murder of George Floyd, casualties, casual ties bind us together because the cops are thick as thieves. Like Megan and Nikki, gaming niggas, they thick-ass thieves. Mm. But please don't break our window, they say. Please don't break our store. Go tear up your own stuff. But that's what we came in your neighborhood for because our ancestors made what you shade sit in. Mm. you know So, yeah, we're going to come in your neighborhood to riot because... Our people made this. So we're gonna ride in your spots. We're gonna tear up. We don't own these stores. So they'll say, oh, it's dumb. They tear up their own area. Yeah, but they don't own it. You know, they're they're doing that to get attention. Plus, if they burn stuff in their neighborhood, it draws attention. They burn stuff in your neighborhood, they get killed. Hmm. Indeed. You know, so so it's an odd, it's an odd thing. There's a whole history to it. Uh, if you find it difficult, referring to non-blacks, if you find it difficult to sit in a mask during a pandemic, imagine how hard it is to breathe while black is while while breathe, while black is considered an epidemic, and a blue badge is your cure. So, take these 12 bullets in your sleep and no knock us, no knock warrants, no knock us mm-hmm. in the morning. It's Sunday at mama's morning, but ran out of tears. Two niggas triggered to go. Now she sits there, wondering which one of her babies is next to go. Mothers are in delivery rooms. And this is, of course, a bit of an extended metaphor and, of course, a fantastical or, or mystical imagery because it's not, of course, real. Mothers in delivery rooms are pushing on the heads of their babies so their necks don't grow. It's like, like if you don't have a mother thinking, well, if my baby doesn't have a neck, they can't choke him. Mm. You know, so oh, if wow. I push on your head to where you have no neck, they can't choke you. Mm. So that's one less way they can get you uh, breastfeeding fish oil. So black babies will grow gills to sneak around choke holes. That's and so that's the opposite idea. Like I'm going to add breast. I'm going to add fish oil to my breast milk. So my babies will grow, you know, gills, gills. on the side of their necks wow. or on their ribs. So you choking them, but he's breathing out his side. He's breathing out gills. You don't even know um, any song about black folks breathing becomes gospel because the idea of us breathing becomes next to a, a, a religious thought, you know, uh, becomes horrorcore, becomes myth. We dreaming of Wakanda because, of course, movie reference while we living with the Siths, you know, movie reference to movie reference Slytherin like Slytherin. That's for a friend of mine's in the Harry Potter. So I said that in there for him. So Slytherin like Slytherin, no Potter to piss in afraid of playing on no pot to piss in. But that's all, uh, that's a Harry Potter reference. Slytherin was one of the people in it. So Slytherin like Slytherin, no Potter to piss in. And every situation is Harry, because Harry Potter. Uh, black folks are leery. And then this was more of a, I wanted to end it on a on a word play that's actually going somewhere. Mm. So while people are caught up in the the rhythm of it, it's actually still kind of taking us somewhere. Black folks are leery. I mean, wary. I mean, weary. Damn. I mean, dreary. I mean, scared. I mean, scary. I mean, scurred, I mean, blurred. I mean, bleak. I mean, black. I mean, trap music. I mean, we're trapped. I mean, museless. I mean, I'm mean. I mean, I'm mad. I mean, I'm Michael. I mean, I'm bad. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sad. I mean, I'm stifled. I mean, I'm stiff. I mean, I'm hard. I mean, rigor mortis. I mean, I'm dead. I mean, my God. I mean, I'm God. I mean, I'm good. I mean, I'm hood. I mean, I'm lost. I mean these woods. So it's it's uh if you uh watched uh Childish Gambino's This Is America video, and you fast forward all the way to the very end when he's running down the dark corridor.
1: Mm.
2: At the very end, uh it looks like everybody's coming chasing after him. So in my mind, this final section is what he is what that character he's playing was thinking. Wow. As they're running. And as they're running, they get caught. And next thing you know, they're caught and they're hanging. And then they're looking around like, wow, I'm hanging. And then they look back and see, oh, I'm not by myself in this forest. Every tree in this forest has a black body hanging from it mm-hmm. as far as the eye can see. Um, so that's the all these trees, all these ropes, all these nooses hanging all that black hope. So it's, that's his last uh, kind of breath. So this is like a, a, in essence, like a death rattle. I think I, someone asked me for a title for it once. I kind of just made up a title on the spot because of the nature of it. And said it was a prayer for the Tulsa massacre.
0: A prayer for the Tulsa massacre. Wow. Right. Because that last part, when you broke that down, man, that that was I'm telling you, I had goosebumps the way you broke it down. and, And each word you were saying, it was in progress. It was in progression. It was like, maybe I'm this. No, I'm this. No, I'm this. No, I'm this. No, I'm this. And each thing that you pointed out, each thing you pointed out was relevant to us. Like, right. what we go through, like, it's crazy, man. That piece is profound, man. Thank you, brother. That Thank piece you, is man. profound, my brother, man. Wow, man. So, let me ask you, coming mm-hmm. from a from a slam champion, grand champion, like, we look up to you, my brother. <laughs> like, tell us some of the common mistakes that slam poets make, that they can do something, a, a, a small advice that they can do that can change, you know, the trajectory of their of their aim in the spoken word game. You know what I mean? Because a lot of mm. a lot of poets, they get up there and like you said, you gotta be able to be vulnerable. Because mm. the more vulnerable you are, the the greater you become. And that's real. It it, it, it also translates that into comedy. And comedy is like that. Because mm. if you notice in comedy when you doing comedy, the more vulnerable you are, the more you let people know about you, the more you rag on yourself, the more you focus on yourself, the more famous you become, the more you're known. Like mm-hmm. I, I can think about a handful of comedians, like uh, Ralphie May. You know, what I mean, he's a mm-hmm. real big, he's a real big white guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and he yeah, do yeah, comedy, yeah. but he always rags on himself, and he's vulnerable, and he became very successful. But there's a lot of comedians that that do that so I want you to mm-hmm. tell us like please like give us some advice that spoken word what a spoken word artist can do to perfect their craft on stage the way they present themselves on stage where they can come off better
2: uh, sure let's see uh, some quick ones off the top so one read uh, read more than you watch if you watch competitions if you watch events if you go to open mic for three hours that means you need to be reading for six hours mm. same week so read twice as much as you read twice as much as you watch or listen, because uh, you're going to digest it differently. Because you need to be able to read it on paper to interpret it for yourself, not have it, uh, not have it to where my delivery is determining how you receive the message. Mm. Um, that's a big one. Um, worry less about winning. I know it sounds. People say, "Yeah, it's easy for you to say," but. Worry more about what you want. Why do you want to share this piece right now? Who's it for? Uh, what are you ministering to? You know, who you? It doesn't, it doesn't have to be about God to be ministering. Who are you ministering to? Why are you saying this piece? What do you expect from it? I hear a lot of time cats go, Oh, this is my hot joint. Okay. So what do you expect <laughs> from your hot joint? You know, I well, know it's always, this is a guaranteed bang everywhere I go. So what do you want from it? You want a good score? Cause no. if all you want from this process is a good score. You're cheating yourself, Definitely. you know, because um, when anytime else someone goes to a show, I guess the simple way is this. Uh, the promise that you're making, uh, there's an unspoken contract you're making. I guess it's a big, this is the easy thing for people. listeners later can write it down in their journals or whatever. What you're saying is you walk up on stage. I'm going hi, my name is Ed Mabry. Give me X amount of minutes of your life mm. and I promise not to waste them. That's what you're saying. Mm. It's, a, it's an unspoken contract. Never mind the subject matter, performance, all that stuff. You're going to listen to me for three minutes, four minutes. I promise you when I'm done, you won't feel like you wasted and lost those minutes Hmm. because the one thing we can't get back is time. That's right. So the most disrespectful thing you can do in life is to waste somebody's time. That's right. So, you know, if you ever seen someone get up and they're not professional, not prepared, you wasted my time. You came up half-assed. Mm-hmm. Unless you just said, I'm gonna go up here and just do something, what I feel like. Okay, but why take my time to that? You could have done that at home in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that I think informs everything else. That informs your preparation, your your rehearsal, the how well you focus on your writing, your editing. If you just think I don't want, you know, someone said, Cool, so when you're done with your piece, everybody in this room is gonna pass away. And if they feel it was worth their time. They all go to heaven. Mm. If they feel that you wasted their time, they go somewhere else. It would change how you'd approach the whole doll. Let me, right. you know, someone said, keep in mind before you go up tonight, once you're done, you know, or reverse it, once you're done, if they feel that you wasted their time, you're going to die. Mm. If, they, if the majority of them feel it was worth their time, you can go back and sit down. Wow. You get to live another day. You'd be like, hold on, let me not read this poem. Let me read this other, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it, would, it would instantly affect what you would choose to say and why mm. because of you don't want to waste their time.
0: Because
2: um, so that's the biggest thing. Um, you know And I mean? The old school thing is if you treat open mics like slams, treat slams like features, um, treat features like open mics. Mm. Uh, so circles, like always, like you you dress for the job you want to have, not the job you have. Old, old school you. way of thinking, like corporate America, So you go to the open mic like it's a slam in terms of your preparation and readiness. So then when the slam happens, you treat the slam like it's a feature, meaning I'm here to share with you. So if there's three rotations or three rounds, I came with enough poems. You're going to hear me three times. Mm. That's equivalent to see if I came into town and did a feature. I might only get three poems. So I just gave you a feature. So I'm also going to pick the pieces I do to kind of create a resonance within what I do so you may not notice it as an audience or a judge member, but on a subconscious level, I talked about this, then this, then this, or I performed this way, then this way, then this way I'm creating a, a, a synchronicity. Every time you saw me it equaled a particular feeling, mm. you know, which is why a lot of people beat themselves before it even starts because they've already sh- they show up self defeated. So mm. they lost before anything started. Um, yeah, those would be some of the big things. I mean, reading reading is a key thing. Like, read is more important than anything else. Uh, and don't care. And be willing to not sound like everybody else. That's right. Everybody sounds like everybody else these days. And then everybody complains about everybody sounding like everybody else when they sound like somebody else, too. Mm. Um, you know, like that thing. Like, that's not, you know, going into a rhyme pattern and pulling out of it. Why would you do that? Going back in and pulling out of it again. Stopping in the middle of a poem and assuming That enough people in this space are going to know Tribe Called Quest to know that you're breathing the way that they breathe at the top of the song. Mm. (laughs) Messing me up, my whole head, teasing me. And as soon as you get it, they go, oh, that's a tribe. I'm already, I've already left the song. Exactly. You know, teasing me. I mean, tasing me. Like, wait, hold up. So being willing to do stuff like that. um, If nothing else, you're going to remember me. So it's not going to be like, well, hold on, who was that again? Was that the one black guy with the locks or the other black guy with the locks? Mm. You know, because they're always talking about more or less the same thing. Okay, well, then how do I deliver it differently where you feel it or you can appreciate it or you receive it differently? Because uh, only so many messages under the sun. You know, we're not we're not writing anything new, we're rewriting. Uh, so, like, what we're saying about George Floyd is no different what they said about Trayvon, what they said about MLK, what they said about Malcolm, what they said about, you know, Emmett, what they said about, what they said about, you know, all the way back to Moses' time. Definitely. Uh, we're just bringing up our current day and age of the person we're upset about, the situation we're upset about. Um, yeah, so those would be the biggest things. Don't sweat the wind. Um, don't compare yourself to anybody because you'll always be behind in that. Don't be willing to be vulnerable. Like some comedians, Richard Pryor is the god of all comedians because he was the most honest. Mm. On Definitely. stage, you wouldn't find anybody more. The, the man literally just shared his life. And found it funny because he lived through it. You know, ain't it crazy? I was out here butt naked on heroin and cocaine, freebasing. Shot my <laughs> car up. Ain't that crazy? And we'd all laugh because you were laughing to stop from crying. Indeed. You know, because actually was beautiful. The man was literally doing one-man shows. But because we laughed, they called him a comedian.
0: He wasn't nothing but an actor and a poet. In- indeed. I agree you with know. you 100%. Let me ask you a question, though. Mm-hmm. Have you ever... Forgot a poem while you was spitting like in a slam. Like, have it? Has that ever happened to you?
2: <laughs> um, was oh, that's that's a funny question. Um, shout out and rest in power to my homie Mums the Schemer. There's there's none that's like him. Right, there's none like him. I'm I'm actually planning on trying to write. I'm going to write a few pieces uh, for a slam in the style he would write, mm. and I want to even try to perform it with that level of intensity and energy performed minus the lisp uh because his his losing him was like losing a link in the in the food chain yes. in terms of like he it, there's I don't hear anybody else I didn't hear anyone carrying on his writing style or performance style and that's a style that can't it just can't die. His you know like like DMX passing like yep. that writing style and performance style was very unique but in the same token we can't let it die because something else is going to be buried from that. You know, that ba, 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 ba. is people misunderstand how unique and dope DMX was. Same thing with moms. I know younger cats and they're like, moms who? I'm like, man, you don't understand. He, moms was.
0: Yeah, he was. Moms um, was speaking um, for y'all. Like man.
2: moms was speaking for the street, the corner boys, all that stuff. But he was a theatrical professional thespian. He was an actor on TV, film and theater stages with awards to reflect on each level. Mm. Um but he still was able to just, you know, what I'm gonna do the fourth time with the people and the streetlights come on down. There. You sound and like, just Yo, like what you just say? <laughs> and he would combine like all these amazing. So when Saturn connected to Jupiter, put the streetlights up, we came for the big boombox party. Everybody's like, "Yo, we wow. can't have an equinox over here." And you're like, <laughs> "Yo,
0: you sound just like him." That's oh crazy. Yeah, yeah, I'm
2: working on it. But it'll be, but you go back and re same thing. You read what he said. you would be like, bro, you're discussing at least four different books. From random ass spots that you know, brothers ain't no for reading because he was just that, you know, just that jersey. Um, so I say I'd like to say way back in the day, there was this documentary/slash movie came out called Slam. Slam, I remember uh, well, that. not Slam, there was also uh, Slam with Saul Williams and them. There was another one, Slam Nation, I think it was. Uh, in it, uh, he was on a team with Saul, him, Saul, Jessica Williams, uh, I think both see it. Uh, Jessica would Jessica care more. Um, and and it, Mums drops his poem. And they kept filming him. And he drops it during the headlight style. They kept filming him. And I had to give him credit because most people try to, you know, pick up, make up something, rewind it, start a whole nother poem. And instead, he stood there for the rest of the three minutes and just was like... Like, forget the song. Like, I can't believe I forgot the whole thing. And you could see him working through it like... Nope. And in his mind, you could just tell he's getting to that same point and dropping it. So he's not even opening his mouth. So I say all that to say, at the time, I knew him, but I didn't know him. No. Uh, We've seen each other like at a couple shows. And I saw that happen. I started calling, dropping your poem, pulling a mums. <laughs> and then like well, two years after that, the phrase has spread. I'm living in Ohio. I didn't know it had spread. Crazy spread people like, what happened oh man i pulled a hard mums last night <laughs> and he's at some spot and he's like yo what the fuck is the mums and they're like oh yeah that's when you pull your palm and you mess it up and they didn't know that he was the mums that was you know that's from that phrase crazy. and he's like oh, who the fuck told you that but <laughs> so he traces it down we you know doing this show and he's like yo ed mavery like what's good he's like What's just pulling a mom shit? And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, bro. How did that get to you in New York? Cause he's in New York. That's crazy. Uh, and we were laughing and joking about it. But actually that's what ever stopped me from doing it because I was like, he had the, the, the wherewithal. He had the, uh, he had the mums of him yeah, to just stand man. and be like, you know what? I dropped this piece. I'm going to just stand here and sit in this moment. And I was like, there's no way in hell I would ever be able to sit there. I might pee myself, I might run, I'll probably start a fight, throw a chair to distract people, (laughs) uh, try to make up something. But there's no way I'm just going to stand there in that moment and take it in like, okay, this is this. Um, So I've, I've, in a slam, I've dropped a poem once or twice ever in the past 15 years. Mm. And no one knew, because in my head, I dropped it before I got to that part of the poem. Mm. Um, Because in my head, I'm normally, I try to astral project a little bit. So if I have a piece memorized, I'm, I go on autopilot. I know it sounds very weird. People watch the but like think I'm crazy on drugs, but my mouth is doing this. And I'm like looking around the room, looking at the judges, looking at the audience. I'm thinking about kind of an out-of-body experience. I'm thinking about the next few lines ahead. And then i will be like, okay, hold on, we're getting close to that part. Let me get back. And I'll kind of come back wow, to myself. And I'm like, okay, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, there's been a couple of times where I did that. And I got very, when I first started doing it, I became self-aware of doing it. And it was a scary feeling where I was like, hold up. Am I saying, hold up, wait a minute? Or is my, no, my mouth is still doing the poem. I'm having a conversation in my head wow. about the poem. Like, okay, that person ain't really feeling that okay, I know it's the last three people cussed. I can say shoot instead of shit when I get to this line. Okay, so take the cuss words out as you go along. Cool, and I'm still performing. And I'm like, wow, I'm performing, my mouth is moving. Look at me, I can see my mouth moving while I'm having this other conversation in my head. And then I freeze up like, oh wait, if I jump back in, will I mess it up like double dutch? What if I mess up the rope? Do I stay out until it's over? And so the two times I did, I was like, oh snap. Now I'm forgetting what's next because I've been having three conversations. My mouth is going, I'm questioning what I'm doing, and I'm also trying to realize where I'm at in the poem. So it would think we'll get bananas and I'd be like, oh, well, just, all right, nah, you're just going to jump that line. What's the next? i remember that line. And like, so it be like someone kind of down the street waving to tell you that there's something wrong with traffic. I could see myself going, this is it. I don't know this next part. I can't remember right now. So, detour, detour, dog, detour. I have to take the detour, skip around on four lines, come back to the other part. That'd be it. So, only like people, like, if I was on a team, my team, would like, did you jump something? I'd be like, oh, yeah, dog, I had a deer in the headlight. I, just, I blanked out. So, they are like, the okay, we just <laughs> Yeah, never called him moments after that talk, after he and I talked and laughed about it. That's never crazy. called him moments again. But I had to, to get that story because of that, because the brother, we just lost the brother. Yes, Not long old, so peace and love to him and his family. Yeah, yeah, that
0: brother right there is the reason, to be honest with you, he is the reason why I became a spoken word artist. The mm-hmm. poem that I, I heard him spit, it was the ploylessness of, the ploylessness mm-hmm. of ploy, you know the piece I'm, I'm speaking yeah, about. Yeah.
2: Ploylessness. This, oh yeah, yeah. man,
0: this piece right here it moved me when I when I seen him perform because I seen Black Ice perform and I was a mm-hmm. big fan of Black Ice, mm-hmm. but when I seen Mums perform this piece, it literally changed everything, man. I was like, yo, how did he do that? Because he he, he wrapped so much emotion into that piece. He mixed the theater. He mixed the, the 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 spoken word. I mm-hmm. mean, everything was there in that poem, man. Like, when I watch that poem now, when I go on YouTube and I see him perform that on Deaf Poetry, man, the tears just r- run down my face, man. He, I mean, that yeah. brother. He's a constellation.
2: Yes. People don't realize. Yes, man. That, that's why I say, like, you read or watch, but definitely go back. Like, the older stuff you can find of anyone better. Like, they were just talking about how Richard Brannon uh, got his rocket up before Jeff Bezos. And immediately, everybody started playing Gil Scott's hearing Whitey on the Moon mm. all over again. How long has it been since that came out? Indeed. And all of a sudden, everybody started pumping it. And unfortunately, it still applies. You know, I was like, so go back and listen to that. What's the next version of Whitey on the Moon? We haven't had one since Gil did it. because mm. people aren't listening to it and going, oh, it's time to update that thing. Indeed. You know, yeah, man. Yeah, Mums is, Mums is. I mean, his body is gone, but his influence, as you just stated, he's the reason you got into it's still here. Mums is just one of the consolations, man. He's a beast.
0: Definitely, man. I appreciate that, brother, man. Really, man. But yeah, my brother. So we getting close. Like, like we went way over time, man. I could have you here for another hour. I know you are a busy brother, man. But I, I I swear, man, I can sit here and talk to you for four hours straight, man. I'm telling you, man. I appreciate that. that. I, I, need, I need you to spit another piece, man. I need you to spit another piece for us, man. Give us... If if sure. like give us one mm. give us one of your pieces man one of your famous pieces man like one of your slam your slam winners yeah one of your national uh, if you got it if you got it whatever you going to bless us with my brother anything man will be sufficient uh, uh, man, but
2: say okay we'll, we'll we'll do we'll do something special for you and your people and how about that All right so we'll do, two, we'll do we'll do a quick two on one All right bet. I so let so me set the
0: stage up for you coming back to the stage I want y'all to give a warm welcome to my brother and your brother, Mr. Ed Mabry.
2: All right, let's see here. Um, This one I've never shared live before, so that's what I think I dig about this one. Uh, It's called Drop, and then I'm going to give something on the tail end of it, uh, just for your people. Music sometimes builds up. A snare... A synth, scratching, a series of notes getting faster and higher, chasing points of no return, and followed by a bass hitting the lowest note possible. This is not a dance club thing. It is actually a metaphor of the hopes for ascension and the acknowledgement of our low moments. In music, this is called the drop. Year zero. Grabs two fistfuls of dark matter. Places one star point on grooved Venus, another on Mars. Makes Earth crossfader, Convulses rock to magma. Shakes quasar speakers till Saturn tilts Mercury feedback fan won't TV cool woofers. Team Jupiter's 67 moons bob heads to the beat. Back up the line, Neptune Uranus check IDs. Pluto sits on porch, ears strained just to hear the beat 1562. The good ship Jesus, Captain Telescope's land, sees Sierra Leone ebony bodies begging to be stolen. Motherland between their toes and fingers crossed, he promises the 300 riches and a new life. Others he promises the wrong end of his sword, rips brown flesh, sand turns red, coats aren't far behind, the screams of women. The anchor slices the air racing towards the water, 1619. At point comfort, slave X jumps broom. Bride hides. Surely someone saw those sun-baked get bethroved. After bodies bump, X-Man gets bishoped by rook, knight in white hood. Master chases slave through cracked black flesh. He feels moss on trees, turns north. Knees creak from effort. 10 feet ahead lies cliff gorge grand canyon wide. eyed he leaps. Arms windmill like wings might grow goes higher. He is man-animated, suspended, flying, hands almost touching the sun before gravity grabs Geechee 1819. talcott skeet, church, crouches. Black wound man, stomach large, exposed, the future, a sun and moon between her thighs until eclipse erupts umbilically from her internals. The oola arms curve to catch ebony as women howl and yip, scream at the gods' blood on the parchment, chicken neck snaps for blessing, goats slain on the altar, call the boy reverb. They rely on holy ghosted tongues as stomach slims, slick child slides down. Voices go up waiting for the 1925 father holds newborn up to Detroit red sun skylight, cradles him once before dying on railroad tracks his movements on football field brown pig skin, arm tuck like newborn child swan dives up over defenses into end zone, defense has no answer for her crossover, she breaks ankles steps back to three point line and sends brown ball and perfect archangels singing praises, call her form natural and her range a game changer, the baby, the ball rainbow skittle sweet peak then begins plummet towards net with the 2016 inside the club the dj sweats over two flat black earths she manipulates to create sound she needs and the world wants outside black boy guilty of being black complies with officer offers id doesn't see satan in police badge blast bullets into black boy body so bluntly it ballets boldly in midair the DJ's hands blur two pieces of grooved wax, building tempo to blast bodies suspended in or moon, both people in and outside the club waiting for the beat to. So that's that, that's drop.
0: Wow. The concept of that piece is, is crazy, man. The cons, the concept. Wow, man. Brother, you are amazing. Yeah, just, just
2: tracing years. I wanted to keep jumping like in century marks and start from zero. Amun, of course, the original Egyptian God, uh, playing, creating the universe from music, taking dark matter, squeezing it down into a flat disc, records and mixing the universe into existence wow. and then just going through each of the the main moments but it the moment shifts our so moon does that as the planets start to line up bumping their heads to the block party the good ship Jesus comes through uh so' I'm talking about the middle passage mm. uh at the point comfort slave X jumps a broom gets his wife pregnant before they take him away in the white hood blood drips sing on slaves cracked back flesh he feels for trees trying to escape so then he jumps And then when he gets to the cliff, he jumps, trying to jump over the gorge, um, almost reaching the sun before landing. Talcott Street Church, uh, of course. And then the woman uh, gives birth. They call the boy Reverb uh, and kind of hide him. Uh, 1925, of course, Detroit Red, Malcolm X. Mm. Uh, But then he shifts. So he cradles his son once before dying on a railroad track. Uh, Then the track becomes tracks, his movement on football fields. Brown, Jim Brown pig skin, arm tucked like newborn baby. So holding the football like a baby. Mm. Swan dives up over defenses and into end zone, zone defense, has no answer for her crossover. So now it's modern they talk about a WNBA player. Mm. She breaks ankle, steps back to three-point line and sends the brown ball in the perfect arc. So as she sends it so perfect that the angels start to sing because the ball reaches heaven. Call her from natural and her range a game changer. So it's like a the woman version of Steph Curry. Call her Her form, natural, to range, a game changer, the baby, the ball, rainbow, skittle, sweet peak begins to plummet towards earth. And in 2016, um, there was a situation where uh, a person, a a black boy uh, showed his ID standing outside a club, had his ID. Uh, One cop asked him for his ID. Another cop wasn't really paying attention. He went to pull his ID out and one of the cops shot him. Wow. Wow. After being asked, he was offering his ID to show that he was, and they just walked down the, and there was all these people outside in line. They decided to pick a black boy and the your ID. As he goes to pull for it, another cop just sees him pulling, starts shooting him, and the people inside the club of course can't hear what's going on outside, but there's a window right there, and the DJ's playing there. Everybody in the club is just bouncing, and the boy's back is against the wall of the club. As he's getting shot, his body is moving, wow. and they're thinking oh, he's rocking to the beat inside the club. So they're seeing him and they're rocking with him, not knowing that he's rocking as they look at the disco ball inside the club, outside the disco ball for him is the moon as both are covered in sweat and wet and start to fall wow. from bouncing. Um, so it's that kind of thing. Um, and then to make sure I promise something just for y'all, uh, through podcast, we cast pods as if we are trying to slip secret tones to each other, like in the fifth grade passing notes folded just right where the girls will put their fingers in and crinkle with numbers and letters. And to get the answer whether or not you could deserve to be their boyfriend. Yes, no, and, or maybe we magic eight ball our life. We shake it up already knowing that the answers are rigged and fixed the blue water inside the black ball, just the ocean's water. Our ancestors had to swallow in order to make it to shoreline. They knew the answers were fixed We could go deeper and discuss the fact that inside that ball is a small triangle you would call a pyramid that gave all the answers. In other words, even when playing games, they've always understood that we hold all the secrets inside ourselves. The eight ball on its side, sign for infinity, the blackness of the ball. The black of us, the original black earth in which we are and represent and are born of, the pyramid inside of us covered in ocean blue water, the pyramid where we all are trying to make it back to, trying to see the sphinx that cut off its nose despite its space, but we still understand the answers lie at the feet of its doorstep. They worried about dinosaur bones. We worried about getting inside the tomb, not tooth in common, but the tombs they'd hidden of our true Jesus, our black ones, like Malcolm's blood didn't trickle at the Audubon ball and get down into pipes and to sewers drip itself into water, change the genome coding, overriding the fluoride in those same pipes. When small black children in Harlem start drinking Malcolm's blood water, made them black vampires, not wanting to actually drink blood, but understanding that they could kill those above them with knowledge and books. They are nothing more dangerous than a black person with intelligence in the street and of the library. So now we say, come hither, Biggie Smalls. We say, what's good, Jay-Z? We send shout outs to Nas. We sell Puff Daddy, while you still sometimes are slipping, your money has gotten big enough to where it'll fix most of our problems, if not yours. We pray for forgiveness at the altars of those gone before us. We understand that mums have always schemed the perfect plan, and now we see that ploylessness will always be part of our vocabulary. We spit Jersey rhymes with New York frames of mind to black boys sitting on Zoom calls back and forth on videos, sitting in Baltimore, Maryland, In Baltimore City, across the street from a rehab halfway house where crack hoes watch him go by every morning as he goes to university to, to teach kids how to write poems to match their dancing abilities. Alvin Ailey ain't never had no 300 pound choreographer till this one. So now you must believe anything is possible because we got black boys from Dayton, Ohio, having black children from Baltimore write words into dance. Which means they hold pens between their toes. They scribble perfect soliloquies and call them health, call them salvation, call them life. Days like this, this ain't an interview, it's church, it's revival. And we ain't poets, we prophets, poor righteous teachers, simply trying to get you on the right path. Mm. So that's why all you people, do.
0: brother man my brother man i appreciate you man so much for coming through man and sharing your wisdom with us i mean i know you are a busy brother man and for you to be that humble you know what I'm saying to, to give a shot a brother like me man to, to come on my podcast this is a relatively new podcast and I, I made this podcast for spoken word artists and to celebrate the spoken word artists man so oh. you are like a beacon for our community man and I really appreciate you I want to tell you this to your face my brother I appreciate your work and you inspire me I gotta have you on the show one more time man to just give us a lesson and break exactly. down one of your pieces man because the way you break down your pieces after you you spit them is so informative man i like how you do that it's it's so educational like i want you to come back man if you can my brother of course, and of course break down one of your pieces for us man and teach us like for real you are a beacon in our community man and we appreciate you brother thank, thank
2: you. you that means that's a lot of the answers always uh going to be yes because you family so the answer is always yes uh anybody listening or listening later listen now listen whatever uh, everything to find me is easy. just my name, the social media, it'll be on the screen more than likely to Ed Maybe is my Instagram, my Facebook and all that. But actually I'm trying to do a new thing these days because the algorithms are so crazy mm-hmm. uh, with the Instagram, you can have a ton of followers, but they won't let you contact all of them or let them see you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook, of course, look, he didn't tore that up where it had the more people you have, the worse it is because you're only going to realistically interact with 5%, you know, 10% of those people. So uh, people say I'm crazy for it, but I got a thing called Community that I do now uh, where I share this number. And anybody, any fan, supporter, anybody that gets this number can reach me anytime, not a day. And it's actually me. It's not a bot. It's not a it's not an assistant. It's not an intern. I actually am replying to you. And what I'm doing is more and more people do it. I'll start putting people in that phone based upon categories so, like I'm doing an interview. I'll say, hey, everybody wants to check out the interviews. I'll send them a mass text message of interviews. Mm -hmm. Uh, People don't want to catch shows. People want to catch my comedy or poetry, whatever the case is. Um, You'll get personalized message from me. You hit me up. I'll actually hit you up directly. Like it's not going to be some, hello, insert name here. Like it'll be me going, what up? How you doing? Mm -hmm. It's 310-496-3471. 310-496-3471. Uh, Whenever you get this podcast and listen to it, uh, I'll know that y'all dug it uh, because you're going to text me. You're going to tell me that you heard it from Poetic Black. And then I know what family to put you in, You, the Poetic Black family. Um, The first few people to do it from his show, I'll even send you a free copy of my latest album, uh, My Treat, a free download over. It's called The Black Pearl Sessions. It was an all-freestyle album uh, produced by Crate Digger from the legendary sound champion crew. had like 20 people come through and add to the album. We actually up turning it all into songs. It's, it's a ridiculous. Yeah. yeah everybody yeah, listen to it. Yeah, brother, I got to go. This it. it. freestyle. Because the way the production is, we took we took everybody's freestyle, and then we sat down and went through them, and we just chopped them like, okay, well, ooh, he said something dope there. Ooh, that hook she sang was nice there. And we took those things and then put them into a song. Oh, so that, it's actually y'all. all songs. They're poems, but we layered them like songs. So layered, they layered their bridges and hooks and refrains and... The whole nine yards so we try to take it out a very experimental but very new door um and it was something that i i didn't plan on that at all i thought it was gonna be just a hot mess and some fun to do mm. end up becoming like my first it's my first musically produced album where every single track has music on it mm. um i play piano on a couple of them there's violins on there there's pianos guitar fully produced joints um and a ton of people we got grammy award people came through like spit a couple bars and walked out the door spit a couple bars walked out the door Mm. Uh, Some people like yo, I can't make it and sent tracks. Uh, Kevin Samblum uh, was in LA. We, wow. we recorded in Charlotte. He recorded like three or four loops of him singing and playing guitar stuff and just sent it. It's like wow. if you can do something with it, do something with it. So yeah, amazing, amazing work. Where, um, where but, yeah. can we
0: find that? You have that on, on available on Amazon or anything? We can go and purchase that.
2: Uh, that I'm keeping close to me. So that you can go to edmabry.com and okay. get it. If people just want to buy, it, then go to edmabry.com and get that um that's the best way to get it um like i said the people the first you know 10 people or so to do that um 310-496-3471 they text me there and they'll get a free one just off rip on that
0: definitely yeah. so let me let me repeat that number ladies and gentlemen please go and check my brother out man this is our legend right here walking and breathing man three one zero four nine six three four seven one if you want to check him out go to edmabry.com if you want to purchase if you want to purchase any of his material like we got to support each other man and my brother man i thank you for coming through man because you know it's hard to get certain people to come through man when they reach a certain pinnacle man but one I, thing I've about heard. you i can say my brother <laughs> you are always humble man you are always humble i seen you on the interview i think you did with william washington because I did oh, I wow, did man. I did I did a uh I did a uh, interview with him also But, man, I noticed, man, you are always humble, man. And for you to be a juggernaut like you are, man, like you supposed to be walking with some type of swag. But it just shows, man, it just so it shows how beautiful you are, my brother. And we really do appreciate you, man. We appreciate what you contribute to this community of ours and how you always put your best foot forward when it comes to the spoken word. You don't have step at all, my brother. And and, and I salute you you for that. That means a lot. Thank you. And anybody else? If you want to, if you want to, if you want to comment or give me some type of feedback, hit me up at spoken soul sessions at gmail.com. If you have any of your work that you want me to look at and you want to get on the show, send me some links where I can find your work any of your published work, whatever, where you perform it and um, I'll hit you back spoken soul sessions at gmail.com i want to thank my brother again for coming through spending his time with us man and uh we definitely gonna have my brother back and uh anybody out there remember i always say love yourself and love each other